Welcome to the Fiercely Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Allison, Mind Shift Coach and Achievement Strategist. I am here to help you completely up-level your confidence, find massive clarity, and dive deep into your purpose so that you can create a business and a mindset that is fiercely unstoppable. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you up-level your energy, bust through those fears, find clarity, and overcome all of the obstacles so that you can step into your most powerful and confident self. We do not let our circumstances hold us back. We become fiercely unstoppable in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. Get ready to up-level your confidence every single day and attract the life that you are absolutely obsessed with. Are you ready? Let's have some fun. Welcome back, you guys. I am so excited that you are here. Oh my goodness, you are going to love this episode with Erica Ashley as my guest. It's amazing. (laughs) So I'm really excited to dive into that, but I just want to share with you who she is and why she's amazing and why you're going to love it. So Erica Ashley is an award-winning serial entrepreneur. She's a TEDx speaker, Hello, that is so cool. Media contributor, podcaster, and global consultant. As a success and influence coach, she helps her clients step into their next level selves and grow their income and impact through innovative marketing strategies and cutting edge mindset methods. There are so many amazing tips and tricks and oh my gosh, jam-packed with juicy information. This episode is so jam-packed with juicy, juicy, juicy information. I'm really excited to dive in. So let's get started. All right, you guys. Well, I am so excited to have Erica Ashley on the podcast today. You guys are just going to love, love, love her. She has such a powerful energy and I've been following her in the online space for a while. So I'm super excited she's on. So Erica, Will you please just start by saying and just telling us who you are and your journey and how you got here? Yeah, sure. So I am a success coach for women entrepreneurs. That's who I work with primarily. Um, And I basically help them to quantum leap their profits through my signature space and time method. So I work with people a lot on their mindset and shifting their beliefs and their patterns. And then once we have a solid foundation built, then we work on all of the strategy stuff and we work to really accelerate their results in media, growing their audience, things like that. Um, so I got started kind of by accident. So I didn't like <laughs> intend to be a coach. Like I feel like a lot of people are like, I started this because I loved it. And I'm like, I love what I do now, but I didn't uh, necessarily start because of the most altruistic reasons. I woke up one day and got out of bed and literally fell flat on my face Oh my goodness. Uh, because I was in pain in my left hip. So I've had uh, rheumatoid arthritis since I was a year and a half old and my left hip just basically conked out on me and was like, bye girl, see you later. So oh. I had to be put on a list. <laughs> yeah, I had to be put on a list for a hip replacement and uh, I had to quit my job because my job required going up a lot of stairs to get into the office and there was no way around it. So I was like, okay, I need to make money somehow. So I looked at how I could hobble together different skills in the online space. Um, and then I started as a VA because I had done a lot of tech stuff in the corporate space in combination with PR. And a lot of my clients were coaches as a VA. And then I realized like, wait, I could do this and I could produce transformational results <laughs> for people. So that's how I became a coach a couple of months later. Oh my goodness. How long have you been in business now? So, I mean, I've always had a side hustle. So like I've been side hustling since 2005, but I've been full time in my business since the last quarter of 2015. Oh my goodness. What an amazing story though. I never knew that about you. Like, were you excited about bringing your skills to the online space or were you just freaking out at that point? I was freaking out because I was a PhD student. I had just like right before all this started happening, I had just moved from Montreal to Toronto to pursue my PhD. So 
most of the money that was like coming in was going right back out for either tuition, research, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten this amazing apartment, like this dream apartment, total manifesting story, but it was not cheap. Toronto is like the second most expensive city in Canada. Mm -hmm. So here I am, no job, minimal income coming in, being like, if I don't figure something out, I'm going to be on the street. So that's why I said like, my motivations were not the most altruistic coming in. It was like, I got to make money. But yeah. then I realized that I could like totally make an impact and I could do something that I loved and would be really impactful and could really help to, you know, advance women while also, you know, making money and fulfilling that. And my plan was just to do it for a few months, but here we are three years later. So yeah. clearly, you know, clearly things shifted after a couple of months oh <laughs> I started I doing have- it full time goosebumps with you talking about that. That's so cool. It's so funny how life just kind of bounces you around a little bit and just puts you directly where you're meant to be. And it's really, I feel like this was, I mean, whether you enjoyed the things that were happening to you or not, I'm sure having a hip replacement was a really big ordeal and you had to figure Mm -hmm. a lot of things out. But looking back now, are you so grateful? Oh yeah, like I'm immensely grateful because I didn't realize it at the time, but I was like really unhappy. I loved what I was studying and I loved my job. So it's not like I hated those things, but Mm -hmm. I hated the environment that I was in that was super competitive and there wasn't a lot of job security. So I was like, I'm going to study, but I don't actually know if I'm going to get a job in four years when I'm done this degree and then what happens if I don't get a job like I was constantly panicking and I constantly felt like I had to do more and more and more because I was you know trying to compete for a limited number of job spaces and there was way more graduates and there was jobs so I was trying to set myself up for like four years down the road and it was just making me so stressed I was so unhappy like looking back now, I'm really glad that I quit and decided to go on my own because there's really nothing else that I would be doing. So it was like a Mm -hmm. shitty situation that led me here. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I'm like, so grateful because if my hip hadn't given out on me, I don't think I would be doing this. Mm, I love that. Wow. What an empowering story. That is so incredible. I love that you kind of talked about this idea of security though, because that's a lot of society's norms is that we go to school to go to school, to go to school, to maybe go to more school, to get a job. And that's supposed to be secure. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but do you have any advice for people who are feeling that constant panic right now that they need to keep doing more and more and more and more for that security? so doing more is actually like the opposite of what you should do doing more and doing the most is actually a sign that you're in a place of lack and insecurity Mm -hmm. because when you actually like truly believe and embody and are like living as your best and brightest self like yeah there's always going to be things to work on but it shouldn't be this feeling of like more is the answer that is usually you know the wrong thing to to do and the wrong direction to go in. And yeah, sometimes if you're going to launch or something like that, there's more hustle required. But in general, you don't have to abide by society's rules that more is better. You're better to do less things, but do them really well and to spend more of your time focused on like fewer clients or fewer programs and just do them better. Mm-hmm. Being the expert <laughs> in what you do rather than like the jack of all trades, right? Yeah. Uh, that is so powerful. I love your story. Well, tell us something that most people maybe don't know about you. Oh, okay. Something most people don't know about me. Um, I think, well, I think most people probably don't know how funny I am. So my coaching clients, people have different relationships with their clients, right? Some sure. people, their vibe is totally like BFF. Like I love my coach so much. It's like having a friend who I talk strategy with. Yes. That is not the vibe with my clients. If you hear any of my clients tell a story about me, I usually don't come off very well in the story. I usually come off as like a hard ass and pretty bitchy because <laughs> that's my, like, that's kind of my vibe is like, we're here to work. We're here to get you results. Like I'm not for someone who needs to be coddled. I'm like the wrong coach for you. 
I'll be kind, I'll be compassionate, I'll be empathetic, but like, yeah. I will also let you know when you're screwing yourself. Yeah. So people don't really get to see a lot of times that I'm like, actually pretty funny. Like in <laughs> real life, I am constantly making people laugh. And like, if I'm having just a conversation like this, which this is a podcast, but it's still yeah. like more of an open flow and conversation. Like I love making people laugh. It's my favorite, favorite thing to do. And because I'm like such a like kind of like badass personality <laughs> online, like people don't see the humor a lot, but yeah, that's, so I, that's something that people probably don't know about me is that I love to make people laugh. That is such a fun fact. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But laughter is so important. So it's interesting that you don't yeah. do that with your clients, but I also think your clients probably so appreciate your badassery and kind of like kicking their ass a little bit. Do you have any fun examples of some ass kicking that you've done? Yeah. So usually my client's problem, it's not really a problem, but like where my clients tend to get stuck in a loop is I tend to see that they can do more for themselves than what they are thinking of. Mm -hmm. And my clients, like, I don't know, but astrologically, like I tend to attract a lot of clients that have very strong personalities and are really unyielding. So I'll tell them to do something and then they'll do the complete opposite. And then they come back to me and they're like, why didn't this work? And it's like, well, it's because you did the complete opposite of what I said. (laughs) If you just followed what I said to the letter and if you had just executed from A to Z, like I told you, then this wouldn't be a problem. So you wouldn't be freaking out. You would have seen the results. And then usually it's like, so she kicked my butt. She told me that I didn't follow through on the strategy. So then I like begrudgingly went and followed through on the strategy. And guess what? <laughs> like it worked. It was like magic. Like, of course she was right. Like that's kind of the relationship that I have with some of my clients where like they're very strong will, they're very independent. So some of those things too, that you learn as a coach, as you go along, like mm-hmm. now I've been with some of my clients for a year and a half. I know how they are. So it's about finding a happy medium. But I think at the beginning, you know, when you don't have that relationship and you don't know your clients as well, mm-hmm. that it can, sometimes, it can sometimes lead to some budding, some budding heads out there very strong wills. Yeah. I love that you were saying that you kind of, uh, and you said it in different words, but you kind of mentioned where you saw more potential in them that they saw in themselves. So essentially they were almost playing small. So when you see someone playing small, what, I mean, if we could broaden it up into anyone playing small, what tips would you have for them to see their full potential? So my biggest one is that you need to actually tune out a lot of external feedback. So something that I see with a ton of coaches in the industry specifically is that they'll follow a couple of leaders and then they just start to kind of mimic their voice and they mimic the way that they talk and they mimic their attitude. And so it'll be like 20% of this coach, 30% of that coach, like 35% of another coach. And then at the end of the day, there's like 5% of their own voice that pushes through. So if you want to be a really powerful creator and really step into your leadership and really play your biggest, you actually need to tune that out and be careful of how many people you're following. Pick one or two people that you really, really resonate with and then let the rest fall away so that you're spending more of your time with yourself. The second thing that I always tell my clients is, you know, you should be journaling every single day. So for me, journaling has been the most transformational thing that I could possibly do. And a lot of times people journal like what they want. I journal what's on my mind and I kind of allow my mind or like, I'll, you know, sometimes do it to myself more consciously, but I'll give myself a kick in the ass. Mm -hmm. And then that tends to be what I post on social media. Sometimes I'll edit it a little bit because it's like real raw. Um, I'm trying not to do that these days, but in general, whatever it is that you need or like the kick in the ass that you need to give yourself or whatever it is that you need to work through right now is probably the same thing that your client needs to work through. So if it's Mm. confidence or mindset or inconsistency Mm. or whatever you're struggling with, chances are your client is struggling with the same thing and it'll be so much more authentic to connect with them that way. So just post about what you're going through and 
you know, post directly from your journal because it will make such a big difference and it will really magnetize people because they'll feel like the force and the power behind your energy. I love what you just said there. So for the people who are really fearful of sharing their quote unquote truth, really what's going on inside of their mind and their body, um, what suggestions do you have to kind of get out of the box to be able to share that and feel Mm -hmm. confident sharing that? Yeah. So, uh, the thing that I think everyone needs to remember is that social media is filtered through a lens. So everyone's trying to present the best version of themselves, but everyone at the end of the day is like a little bit screwed up. There's just some element of us that's like a little bit off. And that's like the most beautiful and interesting part of you is actually the parts that are like a little wonky, a little bruised, a little wounded. And you can't be afraid to share those things because all the like fluffy niceness is great. And showing off your personality is amazing, but people aren't going to connect to someone whose life was perfect. Like mm-hmm. people as much as everyone wants their life to be perfect. And a lot of times you can get really close. Not everything's going to be great all the time. So being Absolutely. able to show what you've learned and really being able to put it out there will actually connect you to way more people because you're way more relatable when you talk about your mess and when you talk about the parts Mm -hmm. of you that maybe you feel are like screwed up or aren't Mm -hmm. as nice or aren't as polished. Like that is actually what other people want to hear because they want to know that they're not alone. And that is what creates a lasting connection where People will say, I've saved up for like three years to work with you, or I've been watching you for three years Mm. and I've watched you grow. I've watched you develop like you growing and you coming into your own has been so inspiring to me. So you just have to go out there and you have to do it and you have to get over that discomfort and think how many more people will I be helping by putting this out there than, you know, hurting because people by putting your truth out there. Yes. Oh, that is so powerful. I know that's going to help so many people. Absolutely. What is the main reason that you find that you kind of switched from the VA world to actually starting your coaching business as well? So I love VAs. VAs are amazing. But for me, I realized that being in a business and doing all of the doing didn't really work for me. And I didn't Mm. like being behind the scenes. So like I'm a Leo in human design. I'm a projector. And so us projectors, especially like our whole thing that we need in order to kind of be fueled and move forward is we need to feel recognized. And so when you're working behind the scenes in someone else's business, Mm. it's, you'll get recognition from one person, but you won't necessarily get that like broad recognition that you need. Mm -hmm. So VAs are amazing and they can do a lot of things. But for me, I realized that I could impact more people if I came out from behind the scenes. And I realized that for my personal like soul nourishment and for me to feel good, I needed to be in the front of my own business, not just feel like an employee in someone else's, just how I felt as a, you know, as a VA. And for a lot of people, they don't feel that way, which is amazing. But if you're like me and you're like, Oh, I hate that. I'm kind of behind the scenes. I wish I was out front, Mm -hmm. make the leap and do it because you'll feel so, so relieved, even if it's scary at first. Absolutely. And even just taking that leap and stretching your comfort zone to do the things that bring you joy to fill those needs. I think that is so powerful. And it's very interesting that you said that. Um, because I know that a lot of people, when they come into the online space, whatever they come in as, that's just, that's just what they do. That's what they know. They, you know, so do you have any other tips on people really stretching their comfort zone to do what they know they're meant to do rather than do what they think they need to do right now. Yeah. So I think that people overcomplicate this idea of purpose. I was just talking about this with my coach in our call earlier today. (laughs) People really overcomplicate this idea of purpose. And this was something that actually really got me, like it got my panties in a twist for a long time because I was like, 
what's my purpose? Why am I here? Like, you know, am I really meant to do this? Am I really meant to do that? So it resulted in like a lot of switching in my niche or like I'd launch a program, it would sell out. And then I would launch something completely different after that had nothing to do. And I was branding my business with like the thing that I did being the leader. So if it was business strategy or if it was PR or if it was mindset coaching, whatever it was, I would always brand with that forward instead of branding myself because it felt more comfortable. You need to realize that your whole purpose as a human being on earth is to basically exist. And you're going to have different iterations or different versions of you. So think about it like the upgrades on your iPhone or like the new versions. You're probably not going to stick to one thing for the rest of your life. You're honestly like not made to either. You're not wired. Your purpose is just to be yourself and to know yourself and then let the magic kind of evolve from there. So don't get stuck or caught in those questions of purpose. Just like I am enough. Me being me is all that I need to do. And the universe will help guide me towards Mm. those next steps with love and grace and like in the proper timing. Absolutely. Uh, One of my favorite mantras is that everything is unfolding in perfect time. And just knowing that if you believe that to your core, then you have nothing to worry about. Then everything is unfolding in perfect time. Um, So I would love, love, love to hear more mindset strategies that you love using, you know, with your, with your clients and how you help people really step into their personal power through mindset strategies. Mm -hmm. So for me, I do that in a couple of ways. So I'm in the process of being certified as an NLP practitioner right now. And for me, the biggest thing that I've learned so far, and this was kind of the whole reason why I decided that I wanted to get certified in NLP was I was curious about it, you know, about a year ago. And so I was listening to a lecture and someone said something that totally blew my mind, which is you're always the cause of your circumstances, not the effect. But Mm -hmm. most people constantly live in the effect mode. And so that, you know, essentially it leads them to feeling like a victim. The number one thing that you can do in any situation is to say like, how am I the cause of this? Whether it's, you know, we like to put judgments on things being bad or being good. In reality, they're just situations. Right. doesn't matter. But we we like to put value judgments on them. So like, regardless of what's happening, if you judge it to be good or bad, think about how am I the cause of this as opposed to the effect? So for example, to give you something tangible, let's say that you're not making the amount of money that you want to make in your business. Instead of saying like, well, this person put out a program that's the same as my program, or Mm -hmm. this person has more followers, or I'm everyone's Mm -hmm. second choice, like blah, blah, blah. All of the mindset stuff that you can kind of get caught in, you want to say to yourself, how am I the cause? Because if you're the cause of your circumstances, then you can change it. If you're the effect, you can't change what you're the effect of. You can only change what you're the cause of. So if you look and you say, I haven't been showing up consistently on social media. I said I was going to create this email funnel, let's say, and I'm, you know, I didn't do the funnel. If I said I was going to do a webinar and I didn't do it, if I haven't done the live streams that I said I was going to do, then of course I'm causing myself to not make the income that I want to make. Um, and then the second thing that has is really beneficial for all of my clients, like every single one of them, they hate it when I bring this up, but they love it at the same time. It's like, it's like a double edged sword, but, um, in, if you're in a shitty circumstance that you don't want to be in, you need to ask yourself, how am I being benefited by the situation? Because the only reason why you're still in a situation that you don't want to be in is because there's some benefit to you. So usually it's because you know what this looks like. So you know that this at the end of the day is really not that bad. Or, you know, you're afraid of what the other thing's going to look like. Or, um, you know, you've got some things that you need to clear. But you are where you are because there's some kind of benefit because when your mind doesn't think that something is a benefit to you, it switches it. That's why like, you know, essentially fight or flight exists. When your brain recognizes something as being dangerous to you, it runs away. 
So if you are where you are and you don't like it, or if there's something happening in your business that you don't like, it's somehow benefiting you. So you have to figure out what the benefit is and then find a benefit that is even better than what you're going through currently so that Mm -hmm. your mind starts to integrate that and it wants to start, you know, shifting and it wants to start changing your identity and your beliefs and who it thinks you are and what it thinks you're capable of. Mm, this is so juicy. Ah, such good stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So you're in the process of getting certified for that, which is so cool for people who don't know who NLP is or what that is. Will you just explain what NLP is? Yeah. So I like to say that the, well, the name is neurolinguistic programming. That's the, the long format. And I like to say that it's kind of like having the cheat codes for your brain. So mm-hmm. it's about understanding how your brain works. So our brain takes in like millions and millions of pieces of information and it reduces it to the pieces that it thinks are most important. So like we're looking at each other right now and I'm sitting at my desk and I can vaguely see, I'm like mostly focusing on Brooke as I'm, you know, as I'm looking (laughs) at her so that we can have our conversation. I can like vaguely see that my fan is spinning above my head. I'm aware that it's happening but my brain's not really registering it as important. It's trying to filter that information out because my focus is like, it's recognizing while you have a conversation with Brooke, that's more important than, you know, paying attention to your ceiling (laughs) fan. So we're constantly tuning out bits of information, but they all get stored in our subconscious. So that means random conversations from people sitting next to you at the airport. You're maybe not consciously paying attention to it, mm-hmm. but your subconscious is registering everything. So when you start to have all of that stuff happening, the things that you're aware of that are like quote unquote problems for you really only represent maybe 10% of what's going on. It's like the iceberg. So I'm trying to understand and I want to help my clients be able to to better impact the 90% that you don't see that's under the water. And so much of mindset work is geared to change is really the 90% of your subconscious mind. And it communicates totally differently than the 10% that is, you know, your conscious brain in the iceberg metaphor. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Thank you for explaining that. I'm sure people are like, what is that? What is that? I want to know. I want to look at Tony Robbins is kind of like the the master of NLP. So like if you've ever watched like a Tony Robbins primal like morning routine, it's, uh, I mean, Tony Robbins is like NLP on steroids, but you know, it's basically understanding your brain better and being able to quickly shift things around Mm -hmm. in your brain. So once I started practicing casually on myself, I started seeing really amazing results. And so I said, oh my gosh, if I can bring this to my clients by being certified, Mm -hmm. then I will be able to help them transform so much faster and the results will be even better. And so it was really a decision to get certified one because I wanted to understand my own brain better. But two, I know I'll be able to serve my clients at such a higher level just by, you know, helping them to understand how their brain works and understanding what's really going on in their subconscious. Yes. What is it like a technique or a tool? I know you talked about journaling earlier and you just talked about like his, you know, Tony Robbins priming. I actually did that this morning. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) is there another technique that you would suggest people to do to become more aware of their subconscious and what's going on in there? Yeah. So the thing that you need to know about the subconscious mind is that your conscious mind is the piece that registers and programs language. So when you say a sentence to me, my brain is kind of going through its entire verbal lexicon and it's putting those things together so that I understand what you're saying. The subconscious mind doesn't understand language. It understands literally just metaphors, patterns, stories. So the best example of this is like, you know, when you're lying in bed at night and all of a sudden you have a cringe attack because you remember that embarrassing thing that you did in the third grade that you literally haven't thought about in 20 years. That's exactly how your subconscious mind works is in those pictures for better or for worse. So one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that affirmations, for example, when you're journaling out affirmations, 
you're not actually impacting your subconscious, which is where all of those beliefs are stored. Mm -hmm. You would actually be much better to feel into how you want to feel or to visualize the things that you want than to sit there writing it out because your brain can't process and it can't recognize that those things are not real and that they haven't happened yet. So it allows you to really embody that identity or to embody that thing that you want and bring it much closer because your brain is recognizing it as normal and it's starting to process it as normal affirmations like saying to yourself i'm strong i'm fierce i'm like you know i'm amazing is great in the moment but it's not really going to do much for your subconscious so if you really want to start shifting that you need to spend more time really thinking about the feelings that you desire and less on the stuff and thinking about what you want the visuals of those experiences to be and really anchoring those in every single day, you'll notice a huge difference when you start doing those things because you're communicating on the language, like, you know, essentially in the language of the subconscious, which is like basically language agnostic. Yes. Uh, so good. Uh, everybody. Oh my gosh. People are going to have to re-listen to this episode because there's so many good tips in here. They're going to be like, wait, I need to rewind. <laughs> yeah. Like pause, a pause, get a notebook, rewind and take notes. Yeah. And take notes. I love it. So, okay. I'm sure people are wondering, okay, like what is Erica's daily routine? So do you have a special morning routine that you do every day? I know you talked about journaling, but is there something specific that you must do? You feel that your body needs to feel every single day before you get started? Yeah. So uh, I started doing something recently, which is different than what I was doing before. And this was my coaches suggested this to me, but basically I'll get up in the morning and I will right away have a glass of warm water because that helps your digestive system to function normally. And if you want to add a little bit of lemon in, that's great because that also helps digestion, but it's just so important because your gut is your like second brain. So if your gut is kind of sleepy, if it's not really working right, Mm -hmm. then that affects your brain performance throughout the day. So get up, glass of water, first things first, like lukewarm, not cold, lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll journal anything that's like immediately on my mind. I'll just kind of do a brain dump. And then I do what my coaches call just sit there time. So just sit there time is literally exactly what it sounds like. You just <laughs> sit there. And so it's similar to meditation. You yeah. can have your eyes open and focus on a spot. You can look out a window if you want to. You can have your eyes closed, but there's no phone, no electronics, nothing. It is just you sitting and allowing your thoughts to process, Mm. which in the beginning, the first two weeks, I had a really difficult time because when your brain's just allowed to wander, you'll start seeing really random things come up and things that you didn't know were in there. So an example of this is like out of nowhere, I had a, you know, I was thinking thoughts. They were just kind of passing by. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere was this thought, like your dad doesn't love you, which I patently know to not be true. But I was like, wait a minute. I didn't realize that this was here. Why do I feel like my dad doesn't love me? And so I started digging and journaling during my just sit there time. And I realized that I had been listening to conversations from my parents as a kid and my brain had incorrectly internalized that as being my dad doesn't love me. And so then I started looking at other things that were happening in my life and realizing that a lot of patterns in terms of how I act, how I look, all of these kinds of things, which had previously gone unchecked or I hadn't made those connections were actually really connected to an attempt to either feel like, you know, this will make my dad love me or this will help me bond with my dad, which will lead to him loving me or create a sense of kinship Mm. between us. So it can be really brutal because sometimes you don't expect those things to come up and they do, but it's also where I get my best and most creative ideas. So when you allow your brain to just like actually have the time to just chill out and mellow and think the thoughts that it needs to think, some of the most like brilliant ideas that I've had in my business have been during that just at their time. So I'll do that for like two hours and then I'll usually get up and, uh, from where I'm sitting 
and I will go and then start doing light tasks, like easy tasks. So like mm -hmm. checking emails, things like that, that kind of ease me into the day. And then um, I set my intentions for the day. So what I want to get done or what I want to feel. And then client calls or I'll work in my business. And then I'll journal in the evening. And that's when I do identity work journaling. So I really dig into who I am, who is the next level version, what's the disparity between mm -hmm. those two people, yeah. where's the gap, yeah. how can I start to embody that person, you know, with the remaining time that I have in my day, how can I do that tomorrow? So mm -hmm. that's kind of my routine. And then I know I made it sound like I don't eat, but I usually have <laughs> lunch and dinner. I have lunch and dinner in between, uh, you know, but those in my day, those actually play like a very small role. Like it plays a very tiny role. How I'm, you know, managing my brain and how I'm managing my business is usually like the two things that are top of mind. Food yeah. is just kind of like an automatic routine. It's set right, in my right, calendar right. as a task. <laughs> Um, maybe I should pay more attention to it, but I don't, but I do, I do eat. I do have two meals. <laughs> it's just enough people think like, does she have time to eat? Like, yes, I take at least two hours of my day out to like eat and relax midway through the day and like have a break and stuff. <laughs> I love that idea of just sitting there. And I know that meditation and, you know, being quiet and just being present in the and, and quiet. It's very difficult for some people. And I'm calling myself out. Yeah. It is a work in progress for my life as well. But what, I mean, do, do you have any strategies? I know you said the first two weeks were really, really hard. Was it just one of those things that you were kind of like, okay, uh, it's a habit now. I just do it. This is what I do. This is, I just have to do it. Or do you have any tips to get into being more quiet in that alone time? Yeah. So I had to build up to it. Like I couldn't do two hours right away. I had to build mm -hmm. up because 15 minutes was literal torture for me <laughs> in the beginning. And that's how I knew that I needed to keep sticking Doing with it, it because 15 minutes literally felt like half the day. Wow. Uh, so that's how I knew that I needed to stick with it. And like, clearly to anyone listening, like this is a conversation of two people who are bright and bubbly and like to talk. Right. So clearly <laughs> we're not the, we're not the ones who naturally seem like meditators, you know? Um, the like difference is that in meditation, instead of focusing on like a specific mantra or a specific intention, this, you're just like letting your mind wander, which I think is the scariest part. So do what you can. So if you can do just five minutes and then you're like, peace out, this is too much for me. Focus on making it like six the next day. And if you make it to 10, fantastic. Like my next goal is not consistently every day because I don't got time for that. I have too much to do. But mm -hmm. uh, my goal for the weekends is to get to four hours of just wow. sitting there. And so that's my goal is to do like, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday. Cause I usually am not doing much of my business on Friday. So that's my goal is to do four hours a day. And it really does like change your life. I have so much yeah. less anxiety. I have so much less and get an accountability buddy because honestly, I had days where like I would get angry. Like I had a lot of, <laughs> and I started doing it as part of a, a group program that was dedicated to like mindset development. And there was a lot of days where I would just post like really angry posts. I would be mm -hmm. like, I'm really angry. I love the two of you as people, but I also really hate you at the same time for making me do this. Like right. I just have this uncontrollable rage, especially as I started doing it longer and longer and longer. But then after I had, it was almost like this breakthrough where all of a sudden things started becoming really productive instead of just bringing up all this negative crap. Mm -hmm. And then now I love it. I'm like, Oh, if I can only do an hour and a half because I have an appointment or something like that, that I don't usually have, like, I feel it. I feel the difference in my day. Yeah. Can I ask you what time you wake up in the morning? Yeah. So I used to be one of those people that would go to sleep at three and wake up at 11. Ooh, now I'm one yeah. of those people who goes to bed at 10 and I wake up usually between five thirty and six. Wow. So okay. I wake up. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to do, if you want to do just at their time and you're like, girl, I love that. But six o'clock is not a real time. Uh, you can totally do it. You can totally, yeah. Six o'clock is not a real time. You can totally do it in the, you can totally do it in the evening. I like getting up early yeah. and this is like my hack. I like getting up early because 
Um, okay, I get up at six, usually by 8.30, I'm kind of like done my mindset work for the day. So by the time that most people are just getting started, because a lot of entrepreneurs start yeah. around 11 and they eat and <laughs> then they work in the afternoon, like I'm basically done for the day by noon or by like two wow. o'clock usually at the latest. So it's like, I'm able, you know, I live with someone who works a nine to five. So I'm able to spend time with them in the evening. Like I get mm -hmm. to veg out and chill out after 2 PM most days, which mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. ideal for me. Cause I love being able to say like, Oh, you know, essentially a third of the hours that I'm awake, I'm just vegging and chilling out. Like that's amazing. That's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea. So it took work to get to that point, but oh, yeah. it really like it works for me. Like I love being up early and being able to say like, Oh, everyone else is just getting started. I've sent like 30 pitches this morning where I've had five client calls already. It's like <laughs> I love being able to just know that my day is ending as most people are fueling up. Right. That is really fun. Okay, cool. Well, since, um, this podcast is really all about stepping into your fiercely unstoppable self, can you tell us about a time that you had to overcome an obstacle that when you overcame it, you felt really victorious? Yeah. So, um, I don't talk about this too much, but last year I was in a really poor point in my business. And I mean, both spiritually poor and financially poor. Mm -hmm. Like in January of 2017, I had negative $27 in my bank account. I had not mm -hmm. paid my credit card for six months. So like make no mistake now. Okay. I own a multiple six figure business, but like right. there were a lot of tears on the journey and a lot of moments where I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. So right. that was really a low point for me because it brought up a lot of things that I had struggled with earlier into my twenties. So like anxiety, low self-esteem, like suicidal thoughts, all those kinds of things came back because I was really tying my worth into how much money mm. I was making and the success mm -hmm. of my business, which I think as entrepreneurs is so easy to do. So, but the things that I did immediately was yeah. I sought the help of a family member immediately. And I was like, look, I'm not in a good place mentally. Can I come and stay with you for a few weeks until I feel better? The person said, yes, no problem. So that was the first thing. Yeah. The second thing that I did was I told my coach that I had right away that I was really in a bad place. Like, look, this is where I'm at. I'm at the point that I haven't paid my credit card for six months. Mm -hmm. They're threatening to send me to collections. If they send mm -hmm. me to collections, I'm going to have to file for bankruptcy. Right. So I need to turn some stuff around. So what I did was I focused on building momentum. I said, I'm going to make money in any way that anyone is willing to pay me. As long as I'm morally agreeable to it, right, I will right. make money <laughs> from it. So I did Facebook ads. I did VA work for people. I wrote articles for people. I happened to sign a new coaching client. Like I did literally any work that I could possibly do that would make me money just to get yeah. momentum. And then when I was no longer in that place of scarcity, I was able to say, okay, now that I, you know, my basic need is met, my basic need for security right. is met. Let me now focus on refining that and making income in a way that is more desirable to me. So then I focused on a package that would feel really good, something that would really energize me and I felt would be really transformational. And I signed, you know, after less than a week, I signed my first five figure client mm. at that point. So exciting. Is, yeah. So when you're going through a negative situation yeah. like that, and then obviously I was able to turn it into a six figure business. And then this year has been multiple six figures. So the thing that I think you really need to do if you are going through a difficult moment, or this is what helped me was to figure out like, what's the baseline need that I need right now. So is it financial security? Is it like, if it's a health challenge, how do I fix this or what can be done? It's figuring out that baseline need and making sure that your first goal is to meet that baseline need, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then making incremental upgrades from there. So then I focused on signing one client and that one client sustained my income for numerous months, you know, paid my bills for numerous months. And then my next focus was, okay, instead of having like one client who's my be all end all, how can I get multiple clients? And so then my next focus mm -hmm. was on booking myself out. And then after that, the focus became on, okay, 
how do I do that before all of my current clients were announced so that I don't have a gap in my income mm-hmm. again? And so, you know, each goal got a little bit bigger and then it was, okay, I'm going to raise my prices next time I open it up again. So each time got a little bit um, like the goal changed. And that's what I've done is just by focusing on incremental upgrades has led to the biggest changes for me and has really gotten me through difficult moments. Because if you're struggling with like, let's say depression, or like me, if you were struggling with suicidal thoughts, just getting up can be a really big deal. So I would celebrate like, Mm -hmm. I got out of bed today. And then I just celebrate it. I wasn't in pajamas. Like I actually got dressed today. I would celebrate it or like, Oh, I had the strength to get up off the couch and actually make myself lunch. Like I would celebrate that. Mm -hmm. I would celebrate like, you know, three people liked my post today. I would celebrate mm-hmm. everything because it would help to take me out of that really negative place and put me back into that place of positivity. And like, I also spent as much time as I could when I wasn't actively working on my business, consuming personal development. Like mm-hmm. if you want to raise your vibration and if you want to shift quickly, consume as much personal development as you humanly can Absolutely. You know, have it on instead of listening to music in the background, listen to a podcast, watch TED Talks, put on YouTube videos, look at the coaches who have triggered you in the past and say, why have those people triggered me? What is it about them that they're doing that I'm not? Consume videos that have things to do with those things that those coaches are doing that in the past, you know, like let's say someone's talked about money and that's really triggered you. For me, I had a coach who was really training me because she talked about money all the time and how much money she was making and I wasn't making any money in my business. So I then started, you know, consuming tons and tons and tons of content about the energy of money, how money works, um, you know, how people make money, how people have come out of, you know, financial Mm. desperation quickly. Like I started consuming tons of content that was content that was leading me in the direction of the thing that I wanted, which was to be abundant instead of staying caught in the thoughts of what I didn't want, which is like, Oh shit, I might have to file for bankruptcy. I paid my credit card in six months. I don't know where money is coming from. Like that's for me made the biggest difference is like focusing on what I did want versus what I didn't want. Absolutely. And I think that it's just so easy because the world is very naturally negative. It's a very naturally negative world we live in. I don't know why, (laughs) but it's just like if you saw a newspaper and, um, there was like a, a puppy was saved out of the tree or something like that. You'd probably be like, oh, nice and walk right by it. But if there was a newspaper saying that the world was ending and there was an apocalypse happening, you would stop and read the freaking newspaper. So oh, I, a love thousand percent. <laughs> I love that you already shifted your brain to that point of like, okay, what is it that I actually want? Okay. That's what I'm going to consume. I'm going to see stories that show me that evidence of I can do that too, you know? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I, you know, do myself and that I then teach my client is like the process of attunement. So it's almost like changing the knob on your car radio or, you know, now pressing a button to change it because we don't really have a knob anymore in our (laughs) car. But it's like, let's say that you're on AM frequency and you don't want to be on AM you have to change it to FM and then FM, you're going to have the like 70s station. Well, if you don't like 70s music (laughs) and you're like a contemporary pop queen, then you have to change the channel to what you want instead of what you don't want. The exact same process works with your mind and the exact same process works with your reality. Like you're really creating this whole picture at all times. So you need to spend most of your time tuning into the things that you want and being very intentional about what you're consuming, what you're saying, who you're spending your time with, what kinds of goals you're setting so that everything moves in the energy and in the direction of what you want versus the things that you don't. Ah, this conversation is my jam. I am loving it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, it's really fun. I love talking about this kind of stuff. Seriously. Oh my God. I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff all day, all day. I'm like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. I love all this stuff. It's so funny. And it's, it's awesome when you hear something that 
you maybe have heard before, but then someone just says it in a slightly different way. And you're like, that's brilliant. You know, I just yeah. love moments like that. Well, I know you have some really exciting things. I'm sure that is going on in your life or in your business. Could, can you just share with us? Like what is the most exciting thing going on? Yeah. So, right now? so my brand's going under a little bit of a refresh right now. So I just launched Good. my new website. It's millionerica.com. I actually have a training. We talked a little bit today about um, affirmations and why they don't work. And I gave you kind of the overview, but I really go in depth. It's like a 15 minute training. So you can opt into that on my site if you want to, to really get into like why this is happening, what you need to do, how you, you need to shift out of, you know, just trying to affirm your way to a million dollars because that won't work. Mm -hmm. um, and along with that, I'm in the process of recording the first episodes of my podcast. It's going to be called Millionaire the Radio which I'm so excited about. And, um, I just relaunched my Facebook group. So feel free to, you know, join that and come and hang out there. That's where I do trainings. I don't really do Facebook lives on my personal page. I post content there all the time, but I don't really go live on my page that much. So if you want to see my lives and if you want to hear more of like this crazy kookiness slash this like very <laughs> leo like very a lot energy uh, you know that's where you're gonna find it that is so fun yes all of the links to find you will all be in the show notes if you're like i need it just scroll up and see them in the show notes grab her but Wow, this has been so much freaking fun i have had a blast connecting with you and chatting with you and i just know there are going to be so many amazing takeaways from this one episode that people are just going to be raving for days, honestly. Send me a message. If you guys found this helpful to the listeners, send me a message. I had a blast too. This was so much fun. I love talking about anything to do with like your brain and how to rewire yourself for abundance. Like that is my jam because if that <laughs> stuff is not right, like I said in the beginning of the episode, like you're setting yourself up for failure in your business. You're starting on, you know, a termite ridden foundation mm -hmm. and you don't want to do that. You want to set yourself up as strongly as possible because then that's when strategy becomes just so effective and so easy. Mm. Thank you for sharing your heart and sharing these stories and just giving us the tips and tricks that you have used to really transform your life as well as the little secrets that you use with your clients. I know I appreciate it and I know all of our listeners will appreciate it as well. <laughs> it was a pleasure and amazing time. Yay! Thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me on the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. If you could just take one moment to share this episode on social media, tag me in it, or even with someone personally that you think would love this, that would be absolutely incredible. Also, if you guys are loving this podcast, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes and by subscribing to this channel so I can keep the good stuff coming. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next show. In the meantime, get out there and become fiercely unstoppable.